0: This podcast is sponsored by Baxter Healthcare Corporation. When you choose Baxter for your CRRT program, you're not only choosing true patient-focused treatment with industry-leading CRRT technology, you're also selecting a partner dedicated to optimizing your clinical success in treating patients with acute kidney injury. Our commitment to you starts with a program individualized to your facility's needs and provides complete support every step of the way. For more information, visit us at www.renalacute.com. Baxter Healthcare Corporation has provided funding for this podcast, but all content was developed independently by the presenter. Therefore, the views expressed on the podcast are those of the speaker and should not be attributed to Baxter Healthcare Corporation. For prescription use only, for the safe and proper use of this product, please refer to the Owner's Manual. MARS is indicated for the treatment of drug overdose and poisonings. The only requirement is that the drug or chemical be dialyzable in unbound form and bound by charcoal and or ion exchange resins. MARS is not indicated for the treatment of chronic liver disease conditions or as a bridge to liver transplant. Safety and efficacy has not been demonstrated for those indications in controlled, randomized clinical trials. The effectiveness of the MARS device in patients that are sedated could not be established in clinical studies and therefore cannot be predicted in sedated patients.
1: Hello and welcome to the Society of Critical Care Medicine's iCritical Care Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Pam Peek. Today, we're going to be talking about an introduction to molecular adsorbent recirculating system albumin dialysis, and I'm joined by Dr. Ram Subramanian. Dr. Subramanian is Professor of Medicine and Surgery and Medical Director of Liver Transplantation and Liver Critical Care Services at Emory University. Welcome, Dr. Subramanian.
2: Thank you for having me.
1: Excellent. Before we start, do you have any disclosures to report?
2: I am a consultant for Baxter Incorporated, which makes the Mars device.
1: And a- any other disclosures relative to this podcast?
2: I have no other disclosures relevant to
1: this Excellent. And before we begin, just know that the learning objectives include describing the principle of albumin dialysis related to the molecular adsorbent recirculating system known as MARS, want to outline the current indication for MARS, highlight application of MARS in critical care toxicology, describe logistics related to starting a MARS program. And why is this podcast needed? Well, it's needed to educate ICU and other clinicians on MARS as a therapy. The knowledge gaps that this podcast will address include allowing clinicians to understand how MARS works and engage in understanding what patients are ideal for this therapy. Now, to put this in context, the extracorporeal techniques most frequently employed for the removal of toxins, and that includes drug overdoses and intoxication are hemodialysis, continuous hemofiltration techniques, hemoperfusion, and the molecular adsorbent recirculating system known as MARS. Dr. Subramanian, how did MARS come about? We have all of these other options. What was the genesis of MARS? So
2: MARS was actually discovered um, by two German nephrologists, and this was just to date the device. This was back when... We had East Germany and West Germany. So these are two nephrologists in East Germany that came up with it. And the rationale was to create a system that would change the dialysate to an albumin dialysate instead of an aqueous dialysate that is used in traditional hemodialysis. And therefore, to be able to extract a whole other class of toxins from the patient's plasma that are specifically albumin bound. So that was the original genesis of and the rationale behind this device.
1: Excellent. And, and come forward now, how long has MARS been utilized in contemporary critical care?
2: So it is not been used often, especially in North America, there are very very few centers that are, are using this with any degree of expertise or knowledge. So it's, it's an area that is attracting more and more attention in the field of critical care toxicology
1: excellent okay so basically the actual therapy itself the mars has a fairly ancient history here in terms of evolution and origin and has not been typically used in north america but now is beginning to emerge as another tool in our toolbox for the treatment of drug overdose and intoxication so describe to us the principle of albumin dialysis related to Mars.
2: So a useful construct to understand Mars is to compare and contrast it with regular hemodialysis or CRT. So a couple of major differences. Number one, as I'd mentioned before, the... Dilysate is changed from an aqueous dialysate to a 16% albumin solution. So that's the first difference. The second difference is that you change the dialysis membrane pore size and increase it to 50 kilodaltons, and that facilitates the extraction of a whole other class of toxins that are what are described as medium molecular weight substances that would not come out with regular CRT, which has a smaller dialysis membrane size. So by changing the membrane pore size and by changing the dialysate to an albumin dialysate, you suddenly create a system where you can extract a whole other class of toxins that are specifically albumin-bound that will not come off with CRT, but suddenly can now come out with the Mars machine.
1: Give us examples of that. So... When you
2: think about, and we can get more into this when we talk about critical care toxicology, the examples, one example is calcium channel blocker toxicity, which is well treated with the MARS device. And that is one example in the critical care toxicology field where you can suddenly start extracting drugs such as calcium channel blockers that are heavily protein-bound. And using the properties of the MARS device, you can now extract this efficiently using the MARS device, which regular CRT will not do.
1: There's quite a few indications with substances, with drugs, for which extracorporeal uh, removal is indicated. Barbiturates and lithium and metformin, salicylates, valproic acid, toxic alcohols. it goes on. And you're saying that Mars is able to take it to the next level.
2: That is correct. And specifically, I would draw attention to the critical care providers about if you see a toxin that has the property of being highly protein bound. And so, for example, I've mentioned calcium channel blocker toxicity. Amlodipine, a calcium channel blocker, is 98% protein bound. So that's a perfect target or a perfect example of a molecule or drug that can be extracted very effectively with the MARS system because of the high protein-bound nature of the the toxin.
1: Excellent. Absolutely. So what you're saying is if you were talking to a critical care peer and they asked you to really highlight the Best applications for Mars in critical care toxicology, what you're saying is that protein-bound substances, as you've mentioned, would definitely be part of the uh, significant application. Anything else...
2: So I think that is, that is the, the major sort of big-ticket item, to focus. So I'll give you, to give you other examples of some of these drugs, so phenytoin is 90% protein-bound, so that's a great example. And this is, there, there have been case reports written about the successful treatment of phenytoin toxicity. Lamotrigine is another example, which is, which is less protein-bound, it's 55%. But the general consensus is if you have a drug or a molecule that is greater than 50% protein-bound, and especially at a higher levels, then we sh- you should definitely consider this strategy in the treatment of that specific toxidrome.
1: Absolutely. And, and in drug overdoses, per se, are there uh, top three to five that really seem to be most ideal for Mars in drug overdoses?
2: So I think the data is still emerging. As we discover its utility i think it's just a matter of time before poison control centers and critical care providers start identifying and looking at the albumin or the protein bound nature of these substances things that have already been written about is calcium channel blocker toxicity so diltiazem amlodipine are perfect examples as i'd mentioned phenytoin has also been mentioned uh, and written about so i think as this more awareness of this technology You'll see a, a greater uptick in its application and, and its utilization. The other thing I'd like to mention is there is a an epidemic, if you will, of herbal hepatotoxicity, which is a whole class of drugs or toxins that are, that are this is sort of an unregulated market and. As we think about herbal toxicity and including hepatotoxicity, I think there may be an increasing application of the MARS device in that specific context, especially if you start identifying molecules that are highly protein.
1: Okay, when you're talking about herbal toxicity, what are examples?
2: So if you look at, and again, it's hard to sort of tease us out because sometimes it's unclear which is the active ingredient in some of these herbal meds. But cases of, of that we have treated here is we've treated kava-kava toxicity, we've treated chaparral toxicity, we've tr- treated even cases of green green tea overdose, we've treated examples of, of uh, sort of including high androgen-containing or testosterone-containing compounds, which don't exactly fall in the herbal category, but they can be mixed in with it. So I share this with the audience because I think that is a a toxicology domain that is that is emerging, if you will, as we see more of it in our ICUs and in our healthcare systems. And that may be an interesting opportunity to apply this device to.
1: Very interesting. And correct me if I'm wrong, so many people out there in the populace who do over, oftentimes do it with more than one substance. This complicates things, doesn't it?
2: It does. It does. And then it becomes very challenging to identify the true inciting agent, as you mentioned, especially as if you have a co-ingestion. And as healthcare providers, we sometimes forget to ask whether there is a consumption of a herbal agent because we are looking at the conventional medication list. And so I think it behooves the provider to be asking about Potential herbal toxicity, especially when you have cryptogenic, cryptogenic toxidrome.
1: I, I think that this is such an important point because people are now basically self-medicating. They may be on Rx medications and then add herbals, and there are interactions which can be problematic. And they can also basically creative, creatively come up with their own idea about what will be good for them. If one is good, Three is better, a kind of a concept which we see in our patients so often. And, and this really is important. Most people out there, not our peers, so we're talking about our patients, consider herbal to be, and I quote, natural, therefore safe. And you could take as much of it as you want. So I think to your point, it is imperative to ask the question because we don't know. Describe the logistics. That are related to starting a Mars program at your institution.
2: So this has been an interesting journey. So we've been using Mars at Emory for over 10 years now. And as I reflect back on the experience, a couple of things to share with the uh, with the audience. Number one, it's a it's a team sport. You need the involvement of the of an intensivist, and these need to be champions an intensivist, a hepatologist, and a nephrologist. I think those are the three important players, if you will, as you, as you start thinking about starting a program, because they have to put their collective wisdom together to initiate a program. The second sort of feature, as I reflect back on our experiences, and I have had the good fortune of being part of a process, we have, cre- we have created a dedicated ICU for administering this technology. And we have dedicated nursing colleagues who have developed a passion for this technology, and we have a call pool to initiate the Mars system. And so if, I, if we decide to trigger Mars on a patient with some urgency, we are able to mobilize that specific cohort of nursing super users in Mars that are able to Trigger timely therapy in a very effective and efficient manner. So, I share that with the audience to say that in addition to the physician champions, you need your nursing colleagues to be passionate about initiating and continuing this therapy as well.
1: I absolutely love this integrative approach. And so, thank you for identifying the team members and the significance and importance of everyone working together to be able to execute an optimal MARS program. Do you have any other thoughts as we wrap up this introduction to molecular adsorbent recirculating system albumin dialysis, or MARS?
2: I look forward to a growing interest in this technology. And as people discover its utility, especially in critical care toxicology related to highly protein-bound drugs, I think it's exciting technology moving forward, and I look forward to its application in the future.
1: And are you available if somebody out there is uh, wanting to ask you a question since you have a program already up and running?
2: Oh, most definitely. I would be glad to be of service to anyone interested in uh, starting such a program.
1: Excellent. Thank you so very, very much. All right. Well, this concludes another edition of the Eye Critical Care Podcast. Dr. Subramanian, thank you so much for your knowledge and your wisdom with regard to this issue. For the Eye Critical Care Podcast, I'm Dr. Pam Peek.
0: This podcast is sponsored by Baxter Healthcare Corporation. When you choose Baxter for your CRRT program, you're not only choosing true patient-focused treatment with industry-leading CRRT technology, you're also selecting a partner dedicated to optimizing your clinical success in treating patients with acute kidney injury. Our commitment to you starts with a program individualized to your facility's needs and provides complete support every step of the way. For more information, visit us at www.renalacute.com. Baxter Healthcare Corporation has provided funding for this podcast, but all content was developed independently by the presenter. Therefore, the views expressed on the podcast are those of the speaker and should not be attributed to Baxter Healthcare Corporation. For prescription use only, for the safe and proper use of this product, please refer to the Owner's Manual. MARS is indicated for the treatment of drug overdose and poisonings. The only requirement is that the drug or chemical be dialyzable in unbound form and bound by charcoal and or ion exchange resins. MARS is not indicated for the treatment of chronic liver disease conditions or as a bridge to liver transplant. Safety and efficacy has not been demonstrated for those indications in controlled, randomized clinical trials. The effectiveness of the MARS device in patients that are sedated could not be established in clinical studies and therefore cannot be predicted in sedated patients. Pamela M. Peak, MD, MPH, FACP, FACSM, is a nationally renowned physician, scientist, expert, and thought leader in the field of medicine. Dr. Peake is a Pew Foundation Scholar in Nutrition and Metabolism, Assistant Professor of Medicine at the University of Maryland, holds dual master's degrees in public health and policy, and is a fellow of both the American College of Physicians and the American College of Sports Medicine. Dr. Peak has been named one of America's top physicians by the Consumers Research Council of America. She is a regular in-studio medical commentator for the national networks and an acclaimed TEDx presenter and national keynote speaker. Dr. Peak is a three-time New York Times best-selling author and is a science and health advisor for Apple. The Society of Critical Care Medicine podcast is the copyrighted material of the Society of Critical Care Medicine. All rights are reserved. Statements of fact and opinion expressed in this podcast are those of authors and participants and do not imply an opinion or endorsement on the part of the Society of Critical Care Medicine, its officers, volunteers, or members, or that of the podcast commercial supporter.